Morning Pensacola, Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. Like sands through the Blackwater, so are the days of our Milton. And now, another episode of City Council Melodrama Theater. I'm having a really hard time seeing how um, we can be family friendly and have an open container. I can't see any reason why we would want to have people carrying their drink from bar to bar. I can't see why a, a bar would want you bringing your drink to their front door. I don't think that it's uh, economically good for them if you are standing outside drinking your drink outside their their place. Um, I would think that they would want you to come in and buy from them. So this is Shannon Rice, and I got to give her the sort of swan song reprise last hurrah kind of note on this. But this was from back in September. Like I've been sitting on these sound clips for four months <laughs> because we just never had time to get to it. It was always I always got something else got in the way, got in the way, got in the way. And what they were going to do in Milton is they were going to send this question over to the um the CIB, the Community Improvement Board, to ask them for a recommendation. And it finally has come back now that we're looking at exactly what they have recommended and what they're going to talk about tonight at the uh, Committee of the Whole meeting. That's the first of the three. There's the Committee of the Whole, then there's the Executive Committee, then there's the real meeting where they actually have the vote on the item. So it goes through, in this case, it goes through the Community Improvement Board, and then it goes through three meetings before it actually becomes a change in ordinance. And this would be the open container ordinance in the city of Milton in the downtown district for alcoholic beverages, uh, the seal of which has been broken, that are uh, not glass. Okay, those are basically the provisions, and it would be from uh, 9 a.m. until midnight would be. So it would cut off in midnight, and it would start at 9 a.m. Because Lord knows you need to be carrying around your uh, old Milwaukee <laughs> at 9:15 in the morning. <laughs> I, I I would have said noon to midnight maybe, but 9 a.m. I mean, sure, whatever. If you're gonna if you're gonna have it, have it. You know, if you're gonna have it, have you got to You got to do. You got to have an endpoint. Right, because you can't have people at like 3 a.m. is kind of the idea. Or you could. I mean, you know, whatever. You could do it however you want. And yet people do. Yeah, that's exactly right. So that's going to be tonight. And, uh, you know, when she had a chance to speak on this before she did not run for re-election, uh, Shannon Rice again, last hurrah here, said, um, I'm not for this. I don't know how we would, if we allowed open container, if you bought at one establishment and you could carry it around, then how do we limit it from someone bringing their own six-pack? Are we creating a situation where we say only if you can afford to buy from a bar, that's the only way you can enjoy your open container on city property? Um, because that almost seems discriminatory. It does, in a way, because you're saying only the people who can, you know, afford the uh, the, the really nice bushwhacker or whatever, you know, we're going to we're gonna have those people, but, you know, we can't have the people walking around with their, um, you know, their Mickey's Big Mouth or whatever. <laughs> you know, you can't like, you know, you can't, you can't bring your own, you know, but, but, but that's the point is what do you exactly do you do? And she says, look, I have concerns about how this plays out. I, I can't see a reason, a benefit for it. I see all kinds of reasons not. I don't want her downtown <laughs> and you can call me exaggerating if you want, but I'm telling you, I've been in these environments. I don't want her downtown smelling like piss and puke. Okay. That's what I don't want it to be. I think she's hit the nail on the head. <laughs> I, I want a clean river walk. I want a clean Willing Street. I want to make sure that we don't have it smelling like smelling 
like piss and puke. Hey, look, she okay. That's Shannon, what I don't want it. Shannon to Rice had a flair for expression for sure. And look, people misbehave when they have alcohol. That's just true. And if it's an open container, that's more opportunity to misbehave. She says. Fans on the Blackwater, there's enough control there that people don't let themselves get out of hand and become, uh, you know, guilty of public drunkenness. But uh, it, it, I just uh, don't see how it's gonna gonna not turn into um, parties down on the um, down at the bench down Jernigan's Landing when people just bring their own own beer down there at any time if you if you go down the 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 way of open container and I know that we all love Milton and we love the people and um, there's a uh, a thought that we're special and we're different and people don't get out of hand here um, people are people <laughs> And uh, if you don't have uh, certain uh, expectations, they will. I mean, we're not. Yeah, I mean, have realistic understanding of who people are. So what do you think? 437-1620, do you think Milton should have an open container in the downtown area? If you look at the places that they're talking about having this, which is there is a map. Uh, it's basically Caroline Street to the water, Willing, Riverwalk, uh, all the way down to um, to Pine, and then uh, Elmira. So, you know, the downtown Barcon area, that's the idea. 437-1620, I have a note from another significant public official. I'll share with you share that with you here in just a second. Right now we got traffic on the fives with Candy. And there's a bad four-car accident. This is on the Three Mile Bridge. It's on the Pensacola side of the Three Mile Bridge, but it is westbound, and that, my friends, is why it is a parking lot. Certainly use caution uh, as you know. This is brought to you by the good folks from Top Appliance. They're on Highway 90 in Milton, and at Top Appliance, featuring freezers, refrigerators, dishwashers, rangers, washers, and dryers from GE, Hot Point, Speed Queen, and more. Top Appliances. That's Highway 90 in Milton. Again, please be careful. Three Mile Bridge at a standstill. That's westbound after an accident at on the Pensacola side at the hump before car accident. 437-1620. You can always text if you see that accident or slowdown. News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Candy. So back to Milton where they're going to talk tonight for the first time about having an open, open container ordinance from 9 a.m. key time to midnight <laughs> where you can walk around with your non-glass containers. Now, what's interesting to me about this is it went to the Community Improvement Board and a letter that was written by um, uh, from Chief Tony Tyndall, the police chief. So to the planning director says basically, no, I don't like this. And the two reasons he gives for not liking this, number one, is he writes in here, the proposal which lists the exceptions causes me the most concern. Prior to the open container ordinance being adopted, as in prior to the current ban on walking around with alcohol, he says we were experiencing high call volumes in public areas that included fights, littering, property damage, and drug sales. There were areas where it was common to have beer bottles thrown at our vehicles as we patrolled through. This is in downtown Milton. The implementation of this ordinance was a valuable instrument in correcting and stopping the described events. So he has reason to be concerned about this because he's worried that now this ordinance bans beer bottles. Okay, it says not glass containers, but you know, would it suddenly be okay if they're throwing their you know, they're plastic cups. <laughs> I mean, would that make it okay, right? You know, the problem is the environment, the open container ordinance or the repeal of it or the exceptions of it that that would create, right? And, and, and by the way, just, just for the record, I'm generally in favor of uh, open container. I've always thought it was weird 
you know, if you've got a district where you can go from bar to bar that you couldn't carry from one to the next or carry around, I mean, it's always, but I get what they're trying to, you know, on the one hand, you want to facilitate the social environment of multiple restaurants and bars and activity. You want a zone of fun, a gallery night, okay? Right. But at the same time, you don't want people like Pensacola Beach. You know, you want them on the boardwalk buying alcohol and having fun. You don't want them camping out with their, you know, cooler full of Schlitz in the back in the the trunk, right? And starting fights and making people scared to go down there because of the crime right that's what you're trying to avoid and that's what he's writing this about so anyway he goes on and he writes about how it's not just that but it's also the traffic problem because as highway 90 gets expanded as it is planning to do if you've got more people drinking you've got more people drinking and driving and therefore you have a problem you also and he doesn't mention this specifically but i'll take the logic out you've got more pedestrians who are inebriated and that creates traffic concerns because, you know, inebriated pedestrians are less likely to obey all the proper signals. And even if the driver is sober, if the pedestrian is inebriated, there's more of them in the roadway. And I don't think we're likely to put up a border wall like Cervantes in the middle of you know, Stewart Street or something like that or, you know, anywhere in that vicinity uh, to control that problem. So, well, maybe one way to prevent that or, you know, whatever is to just not have people drinking open containers going from bar to bar. What do you think? 437-1620, Uh, We'll talk about it a little bit when we come back. I'm Andrew McKay. It's the Pensacola Morning News, and I do want to let you know that if you're getting ready to do any kind of a construction project, remodeling, building a home, you know, whatever it is, okay, just some little repair that you got told you had to do by your, your loving significant other, because it does happen once in a while, Pensacola Hardware. They're the place to go. Not only do they have whatever you need, okay, because they've been doing this since before the Civil War. They know. They know what people need. If they don't have it, you don't need it. Seriously, like if you go down there like, I need this, they're like, no, you don't. Listen to them. They know what they're talking about. Anyway, the point is they have it in stock. They can help you and they can give you advice and guidance. They've got that institutional knowledge. Like, you know how sometimes you go to a place and you're like, I think I know more than that person in five minutes on YouTube. Not that way at Pensacola Hardware. They are the experts. Right downtown at 20 East Gregory Street, Pensacola Hardware, helping you build, rebuild, and remodel Pensacola for more than 170 years. 720 here on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. Hey, Pensacola, Dave Ramsey here. I want to talk to you about my friends over at Gulf Coast Air Care. They've been trusted members of your community for over 25 years. Owner Todd St. Ors and his team focus on the indoor air quality side of HVAC for the people who want comfortable, healthy, and energy-efficient homes and workplaces. Gulf Coast Air Care can help you with dusty, moldy, or leaky duct systems, hot or cold rooms, and odors, and humidity issues. They test for duct leaks, and they do the repairs. If you need duct cleaning, duct repairs, or air filtration, you should call them today. Remember what Todd always says, if you don't have a good air filter, you are one. Call Gulf Coast Air Care today at 850-934-2768 or visit them online at gulfcoastaircare.com. That's 850-934-2768 or gulfcoastaircare.com. Laura and I really wanted something that was inviting. We didn't want the traditional stuffy jewelry store. We wanted it to be sort of coastal casual, sort of really inviting. A place that was fun, that people could come and enjoy and not feel like they were being pressured. And we were shocked when we were recognized as one of America's coolest stores in 2018. They said, you know, there's not a lot like this in the Southeast, much less Pensacola. And we're really proud of it. At 
At Gulf Breeze News, they get it. They know you want to know what's happening in your community, whether that means investigative reporting, area events, or op-eds from your fellow breezers. The Gulf Breeze News truly is your community newspaper. Call 932-8986 and subscribe today. You can read online if you prefer to use your iPad or computer or get your freshly printed newspaper delivered right to your mailbox. From city to county, politics to sports. Subscribe now at gulfbreezenews.com. The cost of health care is all in the news. Tune in this morning at 9 on the Pensacola Expert Panel as ProHealth will be the guest and be discussing how ProHealth Medical Membership Program can help you take out the stress and cost of health care. Tune in this morning at 9 as ProHealth will be the guest on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Pensacola right now with Bobby Rossi. Afternoons 4 to 7. After Dave Ramsey on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Gentlemen, this is your first hop. The jets you are flying against are smaller, faster, and more maneuverable. Just like the enemy mix. The clock is ticking, and as of now, we are keeping score. Hey, by the way, just a reminder note in case you didn't put three and eighteen together that uh, the giant accident that is on uh, backup. It's, it was it looks like it was a one or two car accident. We've got a picture posted on our Facebook page if you want to see it. It's and, a four car accident. Oh, it's the, four the, car. The, yeah, three okay. mile bridge, but it, they just started to move people into the the uh, West Side Emergency Lane. Okay, so, so they are starting moving. to use that. So it is moving a little bit. Uh, at the same time, if you're in Tiger Point, uh, take Carson Point. You know, like you know, oh, yes. it's only uh, what two seventy five for cash, two thirty for Sun Pass mm-hmm. right now. So remember. And if you use it more than, what's the number, 30 times in a month, I think, if I Yeah, I think correctly. you get half back. Uh, right? 20 times in a month. I think it's, maybe it's 20. Anyway, you get half off next month. So, you know, just a consideration for you. A lot of notes here on the prospect of an open container ordinance in downtown Milton from 9 a.m. till midnight. Somebody here says, open container always goes better with open carry. I mean, if you're going to do it, do it right. Yeah. Thanks for the snarky. Um, <laughs> yes, we need to start our mimosas and Bloody Marys at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Oh, now see... What a turnaround, though, for like Santa Rosa County and Milton from being what dry at one point to now like, oh man, we got to have that mimosa brunch. <laughs> so, right. Do you have, Those are fun. Do you, do you have to walk around with it though, with the Bloody Mary in the cup because it wouldn't be glass. I'm not a good drinker, so okay. as you know, but uh, yeah, so I. But I mean, I've seen people do it. Somebody here says, uh, how does an open container law improve downtown Milton? I would think they'd be more interested in figuring out a way to make it downtown Milton more appealing and similar to downtown Pensacola. Well, I mean, this is gallery night. This is gallery day. That's what this is. This is gallery day. Uh, four, three, seven, sixteen, twenty. Remember, if you don't have an open container, you are one. <laughs> nice. Uh, let's see. Uh, red versus blue cup solar roads. That's that's funny. Uh, somebody here says um, lots of people might travel to Milton and spend money to hang out downtown if they had that opportunity. Uh, increase for traffic. Increase for business and bars. Um, sure, understand that. Somebody here says um, I like open open container in a limited district. I think the concerns are a little histrionic oh nice word well done um i'll put you directly in touch with chief tyndall though um i don't see downtown milton's theme song being changed to street fighting man over a limited permissible open container area oh but you do give me ideas all right oh my god we're uh, really 
we got to go back to traffic, and then David, how does the time get away? I'm anyway, saying, candy with traffic. Absolutely. And again, Three Mile Bridge, Pensacola side of the hump. That's what that, that long uh, wait was or is. Uh, westbound is being diverted now into the middle emergency lane. Westbound was a, a, a parking lot for about 20 minutes. So use caution there. Traffic tips text 437-1620. News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Uh, somebody here says, uh, I don't think that uh, open container necessarily equates with more drunk drivers because people who are going to drink and drive are going to drink and drive whether they can walk around with it or not. That's, and that's fair. That's a fair point. That's in response to the uh, the letter sent by Chief Tyndall opposing this in part over his concern about drunken behavior and in part over his concern about uh, drunk drivers. Uh, let's see. Let's go into the newsroom now. David Wayne's got our headlines. David? Guns are still a big problem at Atlanta's Hartfield-Jackson International Airport. The TSA says 450 guns were confiscated there last year. That's uh, about 65 more than any other airport in the country, and it's the seventh year in a row Atlanta has had that distinction. And a super fan of the Goonies has now bought the house that was made famous in the movie. Yes. Bayman Zakiri says he first saw that movie back in 1985. He was eight years old then. He's seen it hundreds of times since. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I don't know who hasn't, but if you haven't, The Goonies is about a group of kids following a treasure map. A lot of it takes place in a house uh, along the Columbia River in Oregon. Well, now Zakiri's bought the house for $1.6 million, and he says he plans to restore it and make it a hub for Goonies fans. Oh, I love Doug that. Doug is dead. Don't say that. Never say that. Goonies never say die. Or remodel. Uh, <laughs> David, thanks so much uh, for the sloth, update. love chunk. Uh, I love it. You've seen that, right? Of course, oh, yeah. yeah. But, you know, Goonies is one of those where, like, I've seen it, but it's not my movie. Oh, you okay. know, like you are with Princess Bride, just uh, like certain movies. Oh, you feel like that about the Goonies? How could you? I, I, no, I, no, I don't feel negative. I just don't. It's not like the movie I saw fifty times, I which I have a lot of movies I've seen a lot of times. I started dressing like Cindy Lauper because wow. of that video. Oh wow. yeah, I went from being best dressed to worst dressed in one year. <laughs> Who knew? Middle school. Well, way to play the range. Sure. Seven twenty eight on News Radio ninety two three. Matt Gates has now introduced the abolish the ATF Act, which would eliminate the Bureau of Alcohol. Alcohol, firearms, tobacco, and what's the fourth one? Uh, firearms. It, no, it's ATF, but there's something Alcohol, else in there. Alcohol, tobacco, and yeah, firearms, I, I forget. Thought. They added something else in no. there. No. Oh, there is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, he says, you know, basically their um, abuses of... Uh, it, this is actually, this primarily was driven by their recent rule change that bans the stabilizer. If you have an arm stabilizer that attaches a gun to your arm so that you can you know, shoot it more effectively, kind of turning it into an extension of your arm, which is used uh, by people who are disabled and have trouble shooting weapons, but like to. Disabled veterans a lot of times use these, which is exactly what he said was the reason a lot of the um, veterans in my district uh, are law-abiding Americans who like to shoot, and you're basically making their necessary preferred form of debil- disability uh um, illegal. Now, the ATF, as I understand it, actually has a provision in the regulation which would allow it for people who are disabled. So I'm not quite sure who's got the right side of that particular slice of the issue. But um, these are the stabilizers. The argument behind prohibiting them is that, for example, you could have a um, uh, the small version, like the pistol version of the AR-15, and then you could have a stabilizer that attaches it to your arm. So you could essentially turn it into a single-hand, easy-operation 
you know, sporting rifle, I would say, critics would say assault rifle, but um, that's kind of the, the basis of that prohibition or the origin of it. I'm not saying I favor, I'm just saying, you know, always understand why somebody does a thing before you criticize it. Well, we have horrible traffic on the Three Mile Bridge. Um, work around would be Garson Point at this point. Uh, you know, because remember, it's not expensive anymore. As expensive anymore. But, but again, a, they are moving into the emergency long, lane. West and they, Mound, are, you, so. they are working around, sure. Uh, David, what do you have coming up, sir? Pensacola State College has retired. Carla Williams' jersey. We'll tell you about it after Fox. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. The Biden administration announces a program called the Welcome Corps for private citizens to sponsor and help settle refugees. In the past, state has worked with nonprofits that specialize in helping refugees. The Welcome Corps is supposed to allow five or more everyday Americans form a group to apply to privately sponsor refugees, and then they'd be responsible for raising their own money to help them for their first 90 days in the country. Till NATO, Fox News. New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern resigned, saying it's time. You cannot and should not do it unless you have a full tank, plus a bit in reserve for those unexpected challenges. Her Labour Party in Parliament will elect a new leader Sunday to be Prime Minister, at least until the next general election in October. Arden's 42 years old, first elected in 2017, now in her second term. She says she'll be spending more time with her family. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 732. It's News Radio 92.3 right now. Mostly cloudy, 68 in Pensacola. A 22-year-old man charged with attempted homicide in a December shooting in Escambia County. Channel 3 reports Sebastian Scott LaFountain was arrested Tuesday. He's being held on a $125,000 bond in addition to attempted homicide. He's also charged with three counts of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon and firing a weapon in public. Back on December 27th, Escambia County deputies responded to a home on Pipeline Road. They say they found shell casings and bullet holes in the home. A victim later showed up at a hospital with a gunshot wound, alleging that LaFountain shot them after an argument. Pensacola Community Redevelopment Agency now committing $191,700 to staff two additional police officers that would service the downtown core area. So this is a expansive area where you have two police officers that are uh, entrusted with providing police services, in addition to some of the other officers that work the area well, but these, this is their core function in this particular area. But there have been over 11,000 calls for service in this particular area. Police Chief Eric Randall says those two new positions would be filled by current PPD officers, then new recruits would backfill the openings. This was one of Mayor D.C. Reeves' priorities in using carryover funds from the last fiscal year. The FDLE announcing uh, much-needed improvements that will allow survivors of sexual violence to follow the path of their sexual assault evidence collection kit. Survivors receive a card with a login and password, allowing them to access a website to see where their kid is physically located. They'll be able to track it from the medical facility, evidence, custody, all the way to forensic lab and analysis. Commissioner Mark Glass there, he says survivors can choose the type of notifications, including if a DNA match to an alleged perpetrator occurs. The change stems from Gale's Law in 2021, which requires tracking of rape kits after the state cleared out a big backlog. Community leaders now have a plan to reduce gun violence here in Escambia County. They want to target specific neighborhoods with everything they have. Increasing your police presence in communities does not prevent gun violence. It is proven many, many times that increasing police presence does not prevent gun violence. Community outreach and giving money to people 
the government, the city government allocating funds and creating groups to be in those communities and talk to people is the only way. And last night's gun fi- gun violence roundtable discussion included uh, public input, such as what you just heard there. Uh, they decided on an approach of mustering all available resources and targeting problem neighborhoods that would involve extra patrols from law enforcement, but also cleaning the neighborhoods up with code enforcement in influencing the young people in an area with local schools and organizations. And last night, Pensacola State College officially retired the jersey of former alumni and assistant basketball coach Carla Williams. Happened during their basketball game. She was love. She's all no evil. Oh, she's all love and the best in people. Special the way that God made her. Now that's Carla Williams' mother, Cara Williams. Carla was tragically shot and killed in a domestic violence situation earlier this year. Jersey number 22, now retired in her remembrance. 735, let's get a look at our traffic on the fives. All right, and uh, not showing, well, that one delay, it's Three Mile Bridge. It was a four-car accident, and that's on the Pensacola side of the hump, and it's westbound. Westbound is now being diverted into the middle emergency lane. So I understand that it's starting to move now. Certainly, if you have traffic tips, text 437-1620. It's News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Some showers and thunderstorms through the morning hours. Rain chance will eventually come to an end as we head into the afternoon. High today near 73 degrees. After the rain, we will have things clear out with temperatures dropping. Temperatures drop overnight near 46. For Friday, a sunnier pattern will move in. We are going to have mostly sunny skies through the morning, high near 65. By the evening, clouds roll in low near 49 degrees. As you head into the weekend, rain chance will return with a 60 to 80 percent chance of rain. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. And right now, 68. It's partly cloudy in Pensacola, 66 in Gulf Breeze, 65 in Milton. Your next news at 8, breaking news anytime. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3. I'm Jennifer Koshenko with your Money Now. Pandemic-related supply chain issues continue to cause a shortage of athletic gear and equipment for some high school teams. With spring approaching, gear like body pads, baseball and softball gloves, helmets, cleats, and even tennis balls are in short supply. The big concerns last year were uniform delivery, football helmets, tennis balls, and softballs. It's so bad in some areas that schools and youth programs have to reach out to other schools and programs to find enough safety equipment to keep their athletes safe. Southwest Airlines CEO Bob Jordan has announced several steps the carrier is taking to reduce the risk of any future operational meltdowns, including allocating more than $1 billion to upgrade and maintain its IT systems. Meanwhile, Southwest Airlines pilots plan to vote later this year on whether to authorize union leaders to call for a strike should they deem it necessary. The union plans to hold that vote starting May 1st. On Wall Street, futures pointing to a lower open. And that's your money now. As a business owner, you have a lot on your plate. Managing staff, growing your business, training new hires and more. With so much going on, you need Avalon. An IRS certified PEO, Avalon HR can help from running your payrolls, submitting state and federal taxes, helping with COVID employee retention credits, workers' compensation insurance, employee benefits, and HR expertise. Avalon HR lets you focus on your core business while we handle the rest. Avalon HR, employing made easy. 
tune in to the Pensacola Expert Panel today at 9.30 when Dr. John Stevenson, Associate Vice Principal of Student Affairs at Pensacola State College, will be on the show discussing campus tours, financial aid, registration, scholarships, careers at the college, and the revealing of their state-of-the-art sports arena and game room. There's a lot to talk about, and you won't want to miss the show today at 9.30. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. What if I told you there was more than one way to listen to your favorite news talk station in Pensacola? You probably already know that you can hear News Radio Pensacola on the FM dial at 97.3 and on the AM dial at 1620. But did you know you can also listen to News Radio on the FM dial at 95.3? You can also stream us live online at newsradio923.com or by downloading our mobile app. Just look for News Radio Pensacola in your app store. News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Good morning, News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News at 7.39, and we normally would talk to the public information officer for PPD, Mike Wood, but he is out. So we have his uh, very, very good helper. We have um, Greg Gordon. Officer Greg Gordon is also in the public information office. Uh, Greg, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Happy New Year. Thank you very much. Happy New Year, everyone. Glad to be here. Very good. Well, this morning we are dealing with a horrendous traffic backup on Three Mile Bridge due to a multi-car accident. Uh, tell me what's going on right now. Yeah, we have a three-car crash on the bridge. Uh, um, both lanes were blocked uh, temporarily. Now there's one lane traveling ER north and south that is blocked. So traffic is making it through. We just we just ask you to be patient. We're going to get this uh, cleared up as quick as we can. But nobody was hurt, thank goodness. Yeah, that was uh, somebody sent me a picture, so I saw the front end of the uh, at least one of the cars that was involved in that, and I thought, ooh, that's uh, pretty bad. But the good news is the people were sitting right next to the car, so thankfully, as you said, nobody was hurt but multi-car. Do we, at this point, know what happened? Were they, I mean, do we, do we have any idea what uh, happened? Yeah, one vehicle traveled southbound, and it it, it had some uh, loss control and then crossed over uh, into the northbound lane and then um, and then struck a vehicle that was traveling northbound. Oh, gosh. Yikes. Well, I mean, it's yeah, yeah. very good that nobody was hurt. I mean, if that's the case, because, you know, the, the closure right there is, what, like 90 miles an hour at speed limit, right? So that's, thank goodness, nobody was hurt. Yeah, yeah, it's, pretty, yeah it's pretty yeah, pretty significant. Speaking of traffic, not Three Mile Bridge, but uh, Langley, of course, recently the city installed two new stop signs, the one at uh, Leesway and one at Hibiscus. And uh, I know some people like me, don't like the interruption in my trying to drive across Langley. Other people who have children or who are concerned about the high volume of traffic there after the soccer complex was put in are very happy about this. But there's always a transitional period, right? There's always a, hey, pay attention, there's new stop signs here. Do you have any notes on how traffic is going, whether there have been any problems because of the new stop signs? You know, we have it, and like you said, um, you know, they're brand new, so we're trying to give uh, some people some grace. Our motor officers are out there, our traffic unit, they're out there monitoring, uh, and if they're stopping people, they're trying to give them warnings first, and then they're going to proceed on to, after this uh, honeymoon stage, we're going to start really enforcing it um, 
with uh, with uh, violation citations and things like that. But it's been it's uh, it's been working out well. Uh, people are really obeying the stop signs and, and paying attention. Well, that's obviously that's good news because we're trying to cut down. I remember, you know, back to Chief Leiter, he always said, repeatedly said that, uh, you know, traffic is the number one danger to people because it's the damage to property and life and limb. And so to the degree that we can cut down on traffic incidents, we can protect people. If you want to talk about what is really the biggest risk to public safety, that's it. And I, you know, I agree with him. So, uh, you know, that's important. One of one of the things. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, but, uh, you know, we, we need people to put down their phones and, you know, drive the speed limit. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly it, right? Um, one of the things that uh, Mayor Reeves has been proposing, uh, you know, we've talked extensively about the, the, the SWAT vehicle, which is an, an embarrassment. But one of the things that he mentioned that he wants to do is buy more barricades. I assume he's talking about the metal barricades that you see when you're at a parade that keep the crowd back from the parade. Is that right? Yeah, um, those are some of the uh, the barricades we're talking about. There's some others, uh, but those are the primary ones. And you know, just to uh, extend that that safety net for us, when these parades start, we have a lot of people coming over, uh, jumping these barricades, and not enough uh, coverage uh, to keep the parade, or, you know, the parade, the p- patrons safe. And uh, you know, the big thing is, is we we allow um, the public, they're not public, but people with special events to use these barricades sometimes, and sometimes we don't get them back. So uh, really? we, we need to get some more and, and, and yeah, and it's just unfortunate, but, um, like somebody's got them in their garage or something like, <laughs> where would you store something so yeah. enormous? Hey, we, we, we got a hotline or two. So if you need to report some barricades, <laughs> give us a call. I'm picturing the guy out back in the alley. He opens up his trench coat, and there's this, you know, 15 foot metal barricade underneath there. Like, hey, baby, <laughs> I know, right? barricade. It's just, it's so preposterous. Wow. We are having an egg shortage, so. All right, <laughs> nice. Okay, so so you guys need more, and sometimes the inventory doesn't return home. So that that makes sense. That's why you would need that. One of the other things, uh, obviously, we've been talking about this on the news this week, is that the um, Community Redevelopment Agency, the you know the the city council acting as a different city council, uh, voted to approve the funding to increase the number of officers dedicated to the CRA by two. So there's two now, and they're going to add two. Is that right? Yeah, and those two, those two, uh, they do some great work. Uh, um, I'll tell you, they they will gladly take this assistance and and having a couple more officers down there to, um, you know, more evening shifts uh, and and then to deal with special, uh, special circumstances. So they're going to, they're downtown's going to really have um, the coverage they need. And we look forward to it getting two more officers down there. Yeah. I was uh, particularly caught by surprise with the number of calls for service by percentage compared to the footprint of the city, which I, I understand the downtown is a little bit more dense and has a little bit more activity, but I was still surprised at how much those numbers uh, were high for that area. And we're talking about people who are going to be primarily not in vehicle, right? They're going to be on foot or on bike. Is that correct? Or are they also on uh, in the vehicle? Yeah, they have their vehicles, you know, inclement weather type things. But, you know, we uh, these these officers, you know, we have some bicycles that they ride and they really uh, they really get their steps in. And we, we <laughs> they, they stay pretty physical fit because they are getting their steps in. They always hit the mark and everything. Um, but uh, they're going to be primary. But and you see the increase of, uh, of, of building downtown, you know, where we have more residents. So they're going to have a lot of area to cover. 
No, most definitely. Hey, hang on for me for just a second. We're talking to Officer Greg Gordon. He is part of the Public Information Office at the PPD. Uh, Candy's got traffic on the fives. All right, and that three-car uh, pileup that we were just talking about earlier is, is the one traffic incident that we're watching today on the Three Mile Bridge. As I understand, the, the traffic is being diverted into the middle emergency lane, so it's it's flowing now, but uh, just still slow. Traffic tips, X437, 1620, News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Candy. Back to Greg Gordon. We're talking about the two extra officers in the community redevelopment area. The downtown kind of area uh, of Pensacola. And uh, I thought actually uh, somebody had brought up the question in the city council agenda review where they said the people who are going to work that job are not going to be brand new officers. We're not hiring two new officers for that because you need people who know the area to work it. So we're going to transfer in from elsewhere and then hire on the back end to backfill to fill the vacancy created by that reallocation. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's how it's going to go. And, and, you know, we have officers that are in training now, officers that are in academy, and uh, some officers that are in, in field training, STL, right now. So once those officers uh, are, are brought into the shift and are permanent and they're working on their own as a solo officer, we're going to be able to move the officers from different from those shifts or that actually are really interested in working downtown um, to, to those new CRA uh, spots. Because in the end, we want officers that want to be there, that want to – that really want to be a part of this and, and see the change and make the change. Cause you know, it, it's not always fun when you say, Hey, you got to do this. And it's not like something you really want to do. So, oh, right. Uh, I mean, yeah, those yeah. are officers that are going to want to be, yeah, yeah. They want to be there. They want to do it. They want to see the change. They want to be a part of it. So look forward to that. The last thing I want to do with you, Greg, is uh, we always like to end with some kind of a cop myth or a did you know. And I have a question for you. One of the things that we learned from uh, Mike is that there is no detention capability at HQ for PPD. It's kind of surprising that people, I mean, you would think, right, PPD headquarters would have a place to store people that you arrest. But no, you have to take them to the Escambia County Jail uh, just like any other agency. So my question is sort of along those lines. In TV, maybe older TV, but still in TV, you have a drunk tank, right? A place where it's people who, they're not really dangerous, they're not really problematic, they're not, you know, felons, certainly, but they're people who really can't be out on the street anymore because they're drunk and disorderly. Is there such a thing as a drunk tank these days? You know, uh, we put a, we, we, we see that a lot, and, uh, well, who is it, Barney, uh, Andy Griffith show, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. We uh, we see the guy. Clyde, uh, the I guy think it is. Take himself into the into the jail and take a nap, and uh, we don't have that. Yeah, we don't have that. So you know, if somebody is intoxicated or, or or we can't assist them and they haven't committed a crime in that aspect, uh, we usually take them to a medical facility and uh, they uh, they uh, sleep it off or, or or get get sober there, and then they 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 walk on out. So, yeah, that's where we take them. All right. So not really a drunk tank, which is what I thought was true, but I wanted to confirm it with you. That's why I like to ask the question. All right. Very good. Officer Greg Gordon with the Public Information Office and the PPD. Uh, Greg, thanks so much for the time this morning. As always, thanks for what you do to keep us safe, man. I appreciate it. You know what? And, and you know, we talked about myths. You know, I, I, I have to do this one. You know, every fire, firefighter has a hero and they're police officers. Every what's that? Every firefighter has a hero, and we're police officers. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, I think I'm getting a text in from Chief Craner right now. Okay, all right. Well, I need to attend to that, so very good. Uh, <laughs> Craig, thanks so much for the time, sir. I appreciate it. All right, bye-bye. 749, <laughs> 749 here on News Radio 92.3. I'm just not playing this game, okay? I'm just not playing this 
game. I'm Andrew McKay. When it comes to precious metals, there's only one place to consider, and that is Emerald Coast Coins. They're the local leader in dealing with coins and jewelry. Gold, silver, diamonds, and sterling silver. Emerald Coast Coins buys, sells, and trades. And for the past 15 years, customers from all over the Gulf Coast have trusted Emerald Coast Coins for the best estimates and prices in town. Stop in today. They're on Creighton Road, right across from Tom Thumb. Emerald Coast Coins. The following message is sponsored by the Florida Department of Elder Affairs, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. Sarah is 64 and loves to garden. Recently, her health insurance ran out, leaving her worried about more than just weeds. She called the Elder Helpline and spoke with a volunteer shine counselor about her options. There, she received free, unbiased counseling on health insurance for those on Medicare. For more information or to volunteer, call 1-800-963-5337 or go to floridashine.org. Whitetail Properties real estate agent Todd Edwards is an experienced land specialist specializing in hunting, recreational, farm, and timber properties. If you're a seller looking to list, market, or promote your property at the highest level or a buyer looking for your dream property or land investment, please allow Todd's experience to work for you. Visit Todd Edwards at whitetailproperties.com or call 251-747-1346. Stream us online at NewsRadio923.com or download the NewsRadio Pensacola app. I gotta go to college. I gotta. Uh, Danny, this isn't Russia. Is this Russia? This isn't Russia, is it? Nah. I didn't think so. This is the song that taught you French and you didn't even know it. That's true. That's true. Kiss, 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 kiss. Yeah. <laughs> See, you didn't even know you knew French, but you knew Talking Heads, and so you do. 751 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. David Wayne is in the newsroom with our headlines. David? British actor Julian Sands has been identified as one of two missing hikers in the San Gabriel Mountains east of Los Angeles. Search and rescue teams have been looking for the 65-year-old since he was reported missing on Friday. They're also searching for Bob Gregory, a hiker from uh, L.A. Indiana's Supreme Court is hearing arguments today in a challenge to the state's near-total ban on abortion. A county judge blocked the law in September after abortion care providers challenged it uh, shortly before the law was to take effect and amazon is ending its charity program amazon smile yesterday the company sent a letter to uh, amazon smile customers saying the program has not grown to create the impact it had originally hoped it uh, was launched back in 2013 and donated a half percent of the price from eligible items to a charity of the shopper's choice. I, I would say this doesn't come as a big surprise since also Amazon is cutting 18,000 employees. Yes. So, a lot know, of big budget cuts going yeah, on. Yeah, man, I was surprised to see all of this. David, thanks so much for the update. Um, Microsoft uh, is, let's see, where's the numbers here? Yeah, Microsoft is cutting 10,000 workers. That's 5% of its workforce. Uh, you've got uh, their workforce had grown by about 36% in the last two years with the pandemic and all related things from 163 to uh, 221,000. Now they're cutting back by 5%. So they're still way up. I mean, they've still net hired. 
what, about 50,000 people? God, that's just amazing, the size of these companies. Um, Amazon is getting rid of about 18,000. Um, there's a UK cybersecurity firm, Sophos, that has laid off it's about 10% of its global workforce. Meta is laying off about 11,000 people, 13%. Elon Musk is already, of course, you know, hey, if you don't want to come into work, you can just stay not employed by us, right? <laughs> like, he's done a lot of things to get rid of workforce, cutting down on costs. He was ahead of the curve on that. Um, so, you know, Lots of companies do this uh, because of what they saw as a bubble up during the pandemic and now not as much. And with concerns about the economy, you figure out how all this works together. 754 here on News Radio 92.3. Oh, there's kind of a smallish item on the Pensacola City Council agenda tonight. It has to do with a church that is at 716 North 9th Avenue. You would recognize this church. It's the white I would call it mission style. I'm not really good at architectural styles, but it sits there on the corner of Jackson, and it's just about uh, two or three streets south of um, uh, of Cervantes, and they basically want to get permission to sell it to turn it into an event space, okay? And uh, Charles Bear, who is, you know, newly elected or re-elected city council, uh, raises questions about that, and, you know... One of the questions he has was about, like, parking, and apparently they had to figure out a special classification for this property that would allow it to become an event center without any mandatory parking. So they don't have to have any parking on site, is that correct? That's correct. So, you know, whereas the church currently exists, we, you know, we have maybe Sundays, maybe a few other days, but this, in this particular instance, we have an event center that's going to be able to operate pretty much all the time with no parking requirements. That's correct. That's correct. Okay. And I, I think he's right to raise that as a concern. It doesn't mean you say no to the deal, but it is a, well, you're going to have an event space, which we need more event spaces, um, but you're going to have an event space and there's no parking requirements. That's kind of odd, right? Did the planning board, I don't know if they really considered this, do you, don't you think there'd be some impact to the local area with parking if they don't have to have any parking on site? You know, and I did watch the, the video for that meeting again this morning as well, and um, when they kind of looked at the conditional use standards for approval, they didn't feel like um, that this application wasn't meeting any of those criteria for approval, that it met at 100 percent. I want to say all six or seven of those criteria. Okay. So we'll probably have more conversation about that tonight at the city council meeting. And by the way, you know, it's kind of funny because Charles asks a lot of questions, a lot of questions, and which is his way. And he even said at the end of the meeting, I know I ask a lot of questions, but I'm doing this because I want answers on the record and because I want the public and even my fellow council members to be aware of some of these things, as opposed to just asking them in a private meeting, you know, somewhere behind the scenes, which, you know, he certainly could do that also. Um I appreciate a lot of questions. Questions bring out information that you wouldn't always have. And even if it's only, you know, a tenth of them are really interesting, that tenth is worth doing it for. So, I, you know, he's the one that's asking the most by far. Uh, so I appreciate that. Uh, Candy's got traffic on the fives. It's brought to you by Executive Landscaping, Mobile Highway in Fairfield in Pensacola, showing an accident and showing a roadblock in that area. Uh, Three-mile bridge after a three-car accident. It looks like northbound is still being diverted into the middle emergency lane. So they're working to clear that up right now, as we heard from uh, Officer Greg Gordon just a little bit earlier. Executive Landscaping, big enough to get the job done. It's small enough to care. Uh, call 250 375 
6 for a no-hassle estimate. And certainly if you have traffic tips, text 437-1620, News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Candy. All right, do you want the uh, horrible story, the weird story, or the funny story first? Ooh. Oh, You're gonna man. Get, I'm going to try and get all three in here in this segment. I just, uh, I just don't want to know which one you want first. Weird. Weird. Okay, the weird story, George Santos. Uh, <laughs> and, and you would think that you'd be in the there can't be anything weird more to come, but I am looking at a picture of Eula Rorard, E, that's and, Kitara Ravash, two transvestites, drag queens, one of which was George uh, Santos. <laughs> Oh, so I have a photo of him under the stage name um, Katara, dressed in drag in Brazil um, several years ago. So maybe some of his claims about sexual orientation. I mean, they're not the same, by the way, but, you know, just there you go. He used the fake name or alleged to have used his fake name, Anthony DeVolta. You've heard about the dog story. That's right. Where now he we stole have money from a sick and dying dog. Brazilian drag queen, George Santos. That's. That's the weird story. Um, the weird, funny story is, you know, Carol Baskin of Tiger King fame? Oh, yeah. She her, husband her husband that she yeah. that she was alleged to have killed or done away with or disappeared? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's still alive. No way! <laughs> oh, my gosh, really? Yes. He's completely alive. Discovered in Costa Rica about a year ago. No big deal. Whatever. No. So that's crazy. How did you not make your whole show about this? I know. Well, I, you know, things get buried and I pay attention to some stuff. But yeah, um, so Carol Baskin didn't do away with her husband because he's not dead. Gosh, I feel awful for all of the all things, the things you ever said. Her. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, Carol. Okay. And I, I hate to end on this one, but this is the most awful thing. And I'm going to try to tell it in the least awful way possible. But so, you know, when people fight with kites. Yes. And they use these really strong string that have like glass and stuff in them. That's right. Six people have died during the kite fighting string festival in India because there are hundreds of these things up in the air and when they go down or they get caught, they get wrapped around people's necks including children and I won't tell you too much else but people like kids that have, they're sticking up out of sunroofs. It's awful that this is happening. Local talk in the afternoon with Bobby Rossi, 4 till 7 is on News Radio 92.3, WNRP, Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.